What's up, everybody? Welcome back to TMT Time. I'm your host, Devin Rothstein. This is a production of Arnold Porter's Technology, Media, and Telecommunications Group. Happy to say that today I am staying inside those lanes and delighted to welcome in a guest who is more prolific online than I am, which is awesome because there's lots of stuff to talk about. I am talking now about Lindsay Schultz, who is Senior Privacy Counsel at Visa. Lindsay, welcome into the podcast. Thanks, Evan. Thanks for having me. Having me. Uh, the word prolific, I don't know if I can live up to that, but I'll try. I once voted on your new headshot on LinkedIn, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you are prolific. <laughs> Thank you. So, Lindsay, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we get going here? Sure. Um, I'm a senior privacy counsel at Visa, and I've been in financial services uh, in-house counsel uh, most of my legal career um, in payments. I just kind of uh, happened upon this crazy world of payments right around the time that Dodd-Frank came out and uh, upended that world and um, just kept with it. So um, done a variety of things over the years, but um, ended up heavily focusing on regulatory and privacy um, and now privacy full-time. So um, yeah, that's kind of it, it in a nutshell. So you like money and payments. <laughs> it's a very complicated world. You would never um, imagine how complicated it is. And I, I suppose I just like learning about uh, how things work. Um, so when I add payments and privacy together, it gets even more complicated. And I saw you were at Western Union, which is also a money company, and mm -hmm. you did privacy there also helping them build out their privacy practices. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so we uh, revamped our privacy program as a result of GDPR. And so we kind of um, really overhauled the entire program, looked at everything soup to nuts, um, because the good thing about GDPR is the uh, principles it applies are across privacy. Um, so if you take that and kind of build your program against it, it's a pretty good start. What made you go over to Visa? Now, I understand, obviously, Visa also payments, also money. A <laughs> theme here. Uh, I assume Visa has an ungodly number of privacy issues, given the business <laughs> that they are in. Uh, you probably are busy all day, every day. What do you actually do for them? I do a lot. I mean, um, Visa has a lot going on. It's a lot more than just credit card rails. Um, we have all sorts of products that we offer to issuers. We have um, a variety of, you know, uh, subsidiaries. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot going on at Visa. And so, you know, I ended up here just to kind of broaden my horizons um, into those various verticals and, you know, learn. I mean, it's an, the, one of the most known brands in the world. So you, you can't go wrong there. Um, obviously anything I say here is my own opinion and not, you know, attributed to the company, disclaimer. blah, 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 legal there stuff. Comes the disclaimer. But, you know, yeah, disclaim um, it all. <laughs> I, but, I should start yeah, doing I, that actually. I don't um, think I disclaimed enough. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great company. Um, super transparent leadership. Um, can't say enough good things about it. That is some disclaimer. Then pandering. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. I also need to start adopting that in my podcast repertoire. If any Arnold Porter people are listening, I really like you, and you're really good at leading. <laughs> All right, so. There's like the privacy laws are changing all the time. Obviously, mm -hmm. we just had one in where I live in Colorado. We've had one in California. What is happening in the landscape of privacy that you're sort of keeping abreast of and, and looking out for? 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a constant topic of, of privacy professionals. I mean, we're all, you know, uh, pretty outspoken nerds on all the evolution of privacy, I would say. Um, but I mean, it's at this point, it's literally impossible to track everything going on. So you kind of, uh, pick, pick how you're, you know, tracking all of those things for lack of a better way of saying it. But I mean, AI is hot again. I think, uh, you know, from what I hear from people who've been doing this longer than me is that AI kind of comes and goes in terms of how much people are paying attention to it. But now in particular, when, you know, there's some investigation that maybe someone's algorithm um, had de facto discriminatory results or things like that, you know, that now it's back, back in the hot seat. Um, and every company wants to like say that they're using machine learning and, you know, um, so that is ongoing. Um, the EU just uh, released, I think they're going to be AI regulations at some point. Um, although I have to admit, I haven't been tracking that super closely, but you know, the Europe is usually the first in these areas in terms of regulating the space. And so, you know, we all, we all try to pay attention to that. Um, ad tech, always, always a focus in privacy. Um, our friend Alistair McTaggart, which I know you've discussed on this program previously. Yes, um, and you listen very... <laughs> to see, this is I love it. This is a great guest. Um, yeah, you know, uh, everyone pays attention to what, what he says. And of course, everyone in the US is now preparing for the California Privacy Rights Act, looking at all of our digital marketing again. Um, yeah, and the tricky thing about that law is it's it's really there because of digital marketing, but it affects everybody in some way. So um, you do have to look at your whole program, not just your marketing. Um, yeah, and, and all the state, you know, the state ongoing patchwork of legislation, you just mentioned that Colorado is um, now has a law that's going into effect in a couple of years, and we've got Virginia, um, Washington is always threatening to have a law. Um, and there's also a ton of momentum, um, again, on the Hill in D.C. with, you know, potentially federal breach notification laws. Um, and as always, people are working towards a federal privacy law, but who knows, one day maybe we'll get one, but I'm, I'm skeptical. So I, when I said at the beginning that you have an amazing online presence, I almost see you as a privacy influencer. <laughs> if, there's, if there was such a thing um, like on social medias that you and I have talked about offline about how neither of us are re really blend social me personal social media with po uh -huh. professional yeah. social media. But how do you like influence or if you were going to influence the privacy space, what do you want to see happen? What, do you, what change do you want to see? How do you get others to adopt those? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a tough one, right? I mean, I think ultimately, um, my refrain on this tends to be that, like, we can't just keep up with the law. I mean, you really have to decide sort of like where your company's risk tolerance is. And hopefully you're just looking at that in terms of the lens of what's best for your consumers and your customers um, and making decisions based on transparency and, and more of a principle-based approach. Um, if all you're trying to do is keep up with the law, you're, you're just never going to be able to do that because you're just gonna have to highly customize everything. And um, it, you know, if let's say you're, you start in the US but then you acquire a European company and you haven't really thought about GDPR, um, you're probably, you're probably in, in trouble. But yeah, I mean, in terms of being an influencer, you know, I kind of just try to 
comment on the hot privacy topics of the day and, and hope that that people um, are interested. And then, you know, I, I go for my own um, personal privacy kind of experiences too, but, but not all of those posts hit the mark. I've definitely had, had a few like completely uh, fall flat and get, you know, like one, one person giving me a, a like or something. So, so they're not all winners. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I've seen like crazy amounts of likes on some of your videos that you post, like what's the most amount that you've had? So I've had um, the one you're, that you mentioned earlier, where I just, you know, the, the context is that I put a post out there that in order to sort of recover from my COVID pandemic shock, I decided to uh, pay for professional photos out of my own pocket. Um, and so uh, I just posted, didn't, is no, didn't pay for that? Um, I mean, I, there's probably a way to do that at Visa, yeah. <laughs> at least, you know, if people are allowed to go in the office, but um I just wanted to do it myself. You know, I wanted to do my own kind of style in my own way. Um, and also I have a background in like theater and acting. So I, some of that, some of that comes naturally to me, but um, so that I, I basically posted those photos with some comments on how I was just really doing it sort of like rebrand myself and kind of refresh in this post pandemic world um, where, you know, like, yeah, maybe we need to have like a fresh take on how we're thinking about ourselves externally in terms of our personal brand. And so the last time I checked that, um, that post had like over 20,000 views. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about. Influencer. <laughs> that's for, that's, I don't even think I've sniffed like 10,000 on anything. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. I mean, you should, uh, you know, post, post more pictures of yourself. People <laughs> like pictures. That's, that's the, that's the tricky thing. Um, a lot of lawyers don't like posting pictures of things, but, but pictures do get more reactions. Lindsay, I, a lot of lawyers are really bad at branding and really bad at influencing that you're great at. And, you know, that extends to a lot of uh, in, inside firm lawyers who think that, you know, the practice of law is still waiting for the phone to ring and that's how they are, are going to get clients. What advice or thoughts do you have for lawyers in particular on how they can enhance their brand or increase their network? Sure. Um, I mean, I think it probably depends on where you are in your career. I mean, I was not quite as outspoken as I am now um, originally. You know, you, you have to earn your keep. You have to kind of show that you're an expert and qualified to speak on certain things in some ways. Um, but I do think we're in a brave new world and that lawyers need to catch up uh, and be familiar with technology and social media and, you know, all the things that make the world go round these days. Um, and so, I mean, I, first and foremost, you have to do what's authentic to you, right? And so what's authentic to me is usually nerding out on privacy and talking about career development and especially in the diversity space. So, you know, I mean, those are kind of the lanes I stick in, in terms of like my, my personal social media presence. Um, but, you know, you have to obviously keep in mind like legal professional ethics and not step, step over those boundaries. And I do also think it depends on where you work. I mean, um, I think as an in-house counsel at a company that really celebrates individuality and diversity, um, I probably have a lot more um, leeway to to do these things than maybe you know other other places, but yeah, I mean you have to go with with your authentic self, and I would just say always err towards some showing of your personality um, if you're trying to get that presence going because. Um, 
it's very boring just to like share an article with no comments or share an article only quoting something unless it's a really, really interesting quote. Um, or, you know, I mean, it's something that sounds fake or canned, like that's, that's the worst. So, you know, th th I guess those are my big tips anyway. I actually think those hit home with me. I used to listen to a lot of talk radio when I was in high school, actually. And there was a show by a guy who's still on the air, I think, sports guy named Jim Rome. And it was like my life's dream to get on his show when callers would call in to get on his show. And his philosophy was, if you called in, it was have a take and don't suck. And <laughs> I, I kind of apply that to my business development and my, like on LinkedIn, if I'm sharing something or online, it's like what you're saying, have a fresh take, have something to add. Don't just say, see this article or I'm, I'm yeah. so proud of my colleague, period. Um, a lot of yeah. people do that. And I, I follow you, obviously. So um, I see a, lo <laughs> a lot of different things from you. So when you are, you know, going out into the world to market is, are you doing it because, you know, you're not, you know, trying to drum up business as a, a firm lawyer, you're in-house, obviously, are you just trying to like be a thought leader in privacy? Or are you like aiming to get, you know, bills passed? Like what's your focus? I mean, it's really mostly about my personal brand and my personal style and sort of putting it out there. Um, like I said, I did theater and um, music growing up and I actually studied marketing and advertising in undergrad and, and I have an MBA. So I'm a little bit odd. I'm not necessarily your typical lawyer that like majored in poli sci and always knew that this is going to be my path. And so I just have this sort of creative energy that needs to go somewhere. Um, and so, you know, I do use that to uh, build my personal brand sometimes. Um, I mean, and, you know, it does help, you know, a lot, I have a lot of people reaching out to me about all sorts of things, um, specifically with privacy, usually uh, about, you know, career advice or, you know, just interested in following me um, generally. I mean, some people actually follow me um, without connecting, which uh, I used to not understand, but then I was like, oh, I guess yeah, yeah. people really you know what like what called? I'm saying. Influencer. <laughs> That's what an influencer is. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, um, even when you think no one's paying attention, every time I've run into a professional connection lately, the first thing out of their mouth is how much they like what I put out there on LinkedIn. So, so I'm I'm stri striking a chord uh, somehow. Yeah, you put me in that category. That's one of the first <laughs> things I said to you. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you just pigeonholed me. Thank you very much. Uh, so. Congratulations. You're like yeah. everyone else. <laughs> God, really? Um, so what role, did, like what, like theater roles did you play in high school if you were in the theater? Like, was it before that? Oh, high school? Well, yeah, I never did anything like that earth shattering, um, but I was Peppermint Patty in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown once. Oh, was, see, there you go. So uh, do you like for Halloween dress up in like theater roles? Well, my son usually dictates what our Halloween costume is. And so um, last year we were the Avengers. No, last year we were Star Wars. Um, and then the year before that we were the Avengers. Avengers. So I was, you know, so I, so I get to play those, uh, those roles that he chooses usually. You know, I forgot to mention earlier, you did say Brave New World, which is my favorite book written by my favorite author and who my son is named after. His name is Huxley. So I appreciate that drop. Oh, cool. I'm going this Halloween as Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Oh, I love that show. That's uh, I, show. I literally bought the whole um, AFC Richmond kit and it got delivered to my house. And I, my wife looked at me like, what? 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm going as Roy Kent. And then I sing I the Roy that. Kent sound around oh the my house. God. That show is the best. I'm my dad's from England. And so um, my husband makes fun of me because I'm always watching shows that take place in England. And yeah, that's that's definitely high on the list. It's actually like come like I've been seeing posts on LinkedIn about it. I even shared a post about it. I think it's phenomenal. I know. Well, you're right there with Brene Brown. She's always posting about yeah, last episode. I, I just bought her book. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you maybe I think we talked about Brene Brown on a podcast that actually hasn't even launched. But she's really <laughs> nice. done an amazing job in the pandemic of yeah. going from not very much to now she's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep, I would I've have to report to back. Mm-hmm. You do see? I mean, look, I think we're following the same people. Like, we're in, <laughs> does that mean we're an echo chamber? I don't know. Maybe we need mm. to think outside the box. All right. Well, <laughs> Lindsay, I have some other like privacy related questions for you that I, I don't I want to get yep. to before we go. Um, you mentioned federal privacy law not happening, maybe not happening. Where, what are your thoughts on that? You think it's going to get through? What do you think the holdups are? I have no idea when it's actually going to get through. We all hope that it will, I think. Um, anyone who works in a large company, at least, you know, I, you just really can't keep up. Um, a lot of what holds up these bills is the private right of action and federal preemption. <laughs> um, the Democrats want a private right of action. The um, Republicans really don't. And so they, they cannot agree on that. I think in principle, at least the bills that I've looked at with our uh, government colleagues, you know, a, a lot of people have been sort of looking to melding the GDPR and the CCPA and kind of trying to get a federal law somehow cobbled together. But but those two points, I think, are, are really a sticking point. Um, and then you already have these um, sectoral, uh, what am I trying to say, sectoral privacy laws, you know, like GLBA, HIPAA, and all of that. And a lot of companies don't want those to go away because we've already done all the work on that. So, so then you have that kind of like adding another weird layer of complication. Um, I don't know what it could take. It could take some really like big thing in the news that really tips the scales like bigger than Cambridge Analytica I don't know what that would be obviously but um you know you never know with these things but uh, so far I, I mean I would say we're at least a couple years out if, if not more from from any real momentum on that if I had to just totally guess all right well okay next question that I want to make sure I get to is you are heavily involved in the community in terms of you're part of law school yes we can you're like i think chairwoman of the association of corporate counsel or maybe chairwoman director em- yeah em- I mean, not, not in charge but yeah <laughs> grand, grand poobah of all things um how like advice for young lawyers how to get involved how to stay involved and particularly how to get involved in privacy what are your thoughts Okay, well, I'll, I'll take that in two parts. So, so the first part about just doing community uh, activities um, within the legal community, pick something that you like that's that's easily relatable. I mean, the good place to start if you're younger is the you know the prof, um, what a Denver Young Professionals or whatever Denver the Young Lawyers Committee of Denver Bar Association. They're very active. Um, the same for Colorado Bar Association. Um, that when I was a younger attorney, I, that was a really good starting point. Um, if you're in-house, Association of Corporate Counsel is absolutely the place to be. Um, we're extremely active. We have a ton of fun events. Um, I'm very biased, obviously, but I think our events are the most fun legal events that that are in the Denver area. Um, <laughs> 
uh, and you know, but you do, I would say if you are doing those things, like don't just show up, like get involved, like join a committee, help plan an event, because if you just show up, you're not going to get the full experience and you're not going to get to know people as well. I mean, sign up for something, right? Like, um, you know, be careful what you wish for, because I, I have a tendency of like over signing up for things, <laughs> but pick, pick at least one thing that you're going to focus on, sign up for something and, and get involved um, that way. And you'll make a, a lot of ton of a lot of great connections. And especially in Denver, I mean, the commun legal community here is like super small. So um, get in, getting in early, meet those, you know, mentors that can help you. I think that's, that's really important. Um, privacy specifically, um, a lot of people want to do more privacy and don't know where to start. Um, my personal opinion is that the International Association of Privacy Professionals is the best place to start if you're starting from scratch because they have a certification program. Yeah, that's um, like the SIPs, like IAP yeah, SIP certified. Yeah, all those thing. letters that you see after a lot of people's names, SIP E, SIP US, SIP P, you know. Um, Do you think that matters? Do you think that helps people get jobs or like, is this I, just like a learning process? Uh, yes, yes, it depends. <laughs> So I, if you don't have a lot of privacy already, just having learned it on the job, um, which is what I did, because uh, I was sort of in a right place, right time situation for that, then, then yes and yes, because um, more and more what, pe what people are looking for when they're hiring privacy professionals is that if they don't have, say, five years of on-the-job experience, that they, if they have that certification, then we know that you're serious about it and they know, you know, we know that you like have taken the time to learn all of that stuff. Now it's still a standardized test. Obviously it's not gonna like totally help you with the ins and outs of like the craziness of day-to-day -day work, but I absolutely think um, that it's valuable for those things. There are ways to learn on the job though. Like if you're already sort of playing in the technology space or really any company, um, <laughs> because every company has private uh, personal information, just like volunteer to like dig more into privacy and like get going. I mean, IAPP and a lot of other resources have like a lot of things just out there available to help you. A lot of infographics, you know, um, a lot of guides and, you know, just do it. I mean, you know, part of the reason why I pivoted to privacy is because it just needed more people that like wanted to do like complicated work. And I'm like a really weird person who sort of runs into the burning buildings instead of running away sometimes. So um, yeah, that would be my advice. That's a good pivot to my next question, which is, I feel like because privacy is such a hot area, everyone would like to fashion themselves as a privacy lawyer. So as an in-house counsel, how do you sort of choose or figure out who you're going to work with as outside counsel in the privacy space, knowing that there may be a lot of, I'll call them faux privacy lawyers out there? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so when privacy was first getting really popular um, I, here, I'd say probably in the 90s in the U.S., um, there was a very, very small group of people that really got deep on it. Those people all know each other. Some of them are now partners leading the practices at firms. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a bit tr tricky, right? It kind of depends on what your, what kind of work it is. But, you know, there are certain people who have just been doing it longer who you know you can rely on. Um, 
but there are a lot of other really good people these days. And especially as privacy has become more of like a regulatory area versus just sort of a principles-based area or a sectoral area. Um, there are a lot of really good people. So, um, I mean, the way I deal with outside counsel is usually sort of looking at the needs, you know, I mean, cause some privacy lawyers are excellent at ad tech. Some are like your go-to data transfer people. Um, some are really, really good at financial services, for example, which is where I'm focused, obviously. So you can still sort of like decide what your thing is within privacy, just the way you can in-house. But like, yeah, for, for outside firms, like I would encourage you to like figure out what your thing is in privacy, like make yourself the AI privacy person or make yourself the like, I don't know, the do not share <laughs> person, like make yourself something because it's too broad otherwise. It's actually great advice. So I'm going to take that and pass it on to <laughs> our awesome privacy group who's been led by Jamie, who's been on here twice. Um, <laughs> all right, we're getting close to being out of time, Lindsay. So I have other random questions for you. Yeah. First one, which is what is your favorite restaurant in the U.S.? Oh my goodness. Ugh. Well, that's hard. Because I know you've lived in multiple places. <laughs> I, I can't think of a specific restaurant that comes to mind, but I will say like seafood in Boston <laughs> at any location <laughs> is like my top. Delicious. Um, I like legal seafood in Boston. Yeah, legal seafood. You really can't beat that place. Um, Regina Pizzeria over there too, like uh, pivoting to pizza. But yeah, I mean... I got, I got spoiled by Boston, Denver, Denver hasn't really, um, gotten any on my favorites list so far. Are you traveling at all yet? Or are you still in lockdown? No, like I, I need to probably because I, you know, haven't really done anything, <laughs> but no, I haven't done it yet. I haven't traveled yet. Where's the first place you're going to go? Non-work. Well, actually, I uh, hopefully in a month we're going to a wedding in um, New York for a couple of days. So um, as long as as long as we're allowed to and everything's okay, we're we're doing that. Everything is like Delta contingent, or whatever. <laughs> whatever the next. Everything comes is. with an asterisk these days. See you in two months, maybe potentially, possibly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, this has been awesome, Lindsay. This has been so much fun. I knew this was going to be great. So yeah, thank you so much fun. for joining. We may have to do this again. Yeah. Uh, Hit me up anytime. I appreciate it. All right. Um, everybody follow Lindsay on LinkedIn. She's got an amazing following and vote if she posts another pull up. And I think I may need to look into that. <laughs> Thanks for your <laughs> exactly. time, Lindsay. All right.